0: Did you know you can put out fires with the sun? No way. Way. Well, sort of. We're here today with the brave men and women of the Española Fire Department to show them how a few tiny changes to their station can make passive energy the newest recruit on their squad. You can put out fires with the sun? No way. Way. Welcome to the Phil Home podcast.
1: <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate the dedication of the intro. What are we talking about? The curse. 2024 is all like Emma Stone so far
0: for me. Yeah. You know? She's, like, really branded herself uh, recently in a very particular way as kind of, like, uh, as an auteur, avant-garde. Which, looking back at her filmography, I, I, like, realized has, like, never really been the case at all. I'm not really that familiar with a lot of the stuff she's done, but it it's never like been her... the tone she's hit.
1: Yeah, it seems like her career has been mostly, like, rom-coms or straight-up comedies. Like, mm-hmm. I know her from... Uh, super bad, obviously. Um, Zombie Land was kind of a uh, an early one. Easy um, A. Easy A. Which I saw um, recently. Crazy Stupid Love. Mm-hmm. You know, all like she's the cute redhead uh, love interest mm-hmm. in all of those movies, and these two, she's uh, quite not that. It's funny that you say that she's branded herself a certain way because the curse is largely about emma stone's character branding herself being aware of her public perception and actively modifying it and changing it
0: yeah so let's talk about it
1: so we should just spoil it right away
0: it's yeah um huge spoiler alert if you have any intention of watching it don't listen to this at all starting now
1: so the uh all nine episodes before the last one Are uh, roughly the same Um, And then There's no introduction of Real Like supernatural anything In the show I mean it hints at it But not in a way that makes you think That weird stuff is actually going on But the big spoiler is Last episode Nathan Fielder Levitates up towards the ceiling Gravity basically becomes inverted He flies away into the sky and then into space. Mm-hmm. And
0: that is how the show ends. What'd you think of that when you saw it?
1: It was this weird impasse of like what I was trying to predict how the show would end and then what actually happened. I was, I was kind of hoping for something like this. I told mm-hmm. Grace kind of um, halfway through watching it, I was like, I could see this going in a few different directions. One of which was like, Nathan is just gonna kill somebody Um, Like he's gonna snap It kind of felt like that was the uh, One of the things that it was leading towards Mm -hmm. Um, Dougie Benny Safdie's character I thought at one point that he was gonna Become suicidal Or like the The car accident that's talked about Was gonna be repeated in some way Mm -hmm. Um, But I told her like one of the options Was some kind of Crazy Robert Eggers style Supernatural ending Because you know how his movies They all kind of exist In the real world right up until the end And you're like oh it actually is Witches or uh, Mermaids or uh, Viking ghosts Mm -hmm. Or whatever Like they all are more or less Real right up until the end And I was like maybe it'll go that way Where something weird will happen Right at the end and sure enough Something totally left field supernatural happens. I don't know what to really make of it like thematically or Metaphorically, I don't know what it's supposed to mean. I mean I have some guesses, but um, It was it was a surprise, but um, a welcome surprise. What did you I? I
0: I loved it. I mean, I was very excited that it happened Um, up until then I was ready to kind of write the show off as not an improvement or not building, not not higher concept than the previous one.
2: The rehearsal, the, you mean?
0: Yeah. So, like, the arc of Nathan has been to completely one up himself and elevate the art of what he's doing. You know, starting from, you know, before Nathan for you with these kind of like funny clips on a on a show, a uh, Nathan on your side, to Nathan for you, yeah, to the rehearsal. And then, you know, nine episodes of this show, and I'm like, okay, it's engaging, it's it's fun to watch, it's got lots of elements that are classic Nathan, uh, mm-hmm. satirizing reality TV and whatnot. But I didn't think that it was better than the rehearsal, and then they pulled this fast one on me, and now I now I love it.
1: Yeah, I think that um, your response to it, you texted me, like, after you had finished the last episode, and you said, Defcon 5, we need to talk about this show right now. Uh-huh. Which made me like, kind of speed run the rest of the show And it right, made me right. It made me think two things um, Because as I was watching the show I had a similar sort of feeling that you did Where it felt a little slow Nothing super uh, Dynamic From the previous stuff um, So I was getting a little Bored honestly mm-hmm. um, Didn't have a lot of draw to keep watching it But as soon as you told me that I was either like something happens where Someone dies at the end but I would be a little disappointed in Raul if it was a simple sort of like murder at uh-huh. the end or something crazy happens, right, like something right. that I'm not expecting at all.
0: In I, I mostly just didn't want you to spoil yourself because like when that came out, I, I felt like the, the chances of of spoiling it were, were pretty high. Um, that was the not, right it's... move.
1: I mean, the only other alternative was that because I don't know if I would have finished it um, in a timely manner for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Certainly, you just telling me that was in and of itself a little bit of a spoiler. But I prefer that than I know. Just I thought reading of reading about
0: it. I'm like, how do I? Because the show one through nine would not elicit anything more strong from me than a, like a solid recommendation that you should watch it. So I was trying to think right. like, how do I get across the 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 severity of this, of like that this needs to happen without also giving away the fact that something crazy.
1: It's so funny because you sent me um, a photo in addition to that text. You said Defcon Five, and it's just a blurry photo of of nothing. It's sort of like when you're moving your phone like mid whatever and you accidentally snap a photo. It's just a nothing photo, but. Yeah. Uh, in the moment when I read the text paired with that photo, which you sent by mistake, it just seemed like that you were in such a frenzy about the finale that, like, you were just wildly like trying to take a picture of something <laughs> in the room and couldn't get it, couldn't get yeah. it to work. so um, it, add- it was just it a butt picture,
0: message. but but I realized that it did. I actually thought that it kind of fit. It was an accident, but it, it fit with the themes of. It was this kind of like weird, wispy, dark picture kind of twin yeah. peaks-esque.
1: Yeah, yeah. It did work. I agree.
0: Yeah. I was uh terrified by the finale. Terrified. Oh yeah. It's it's Explain very that. like viscerally got to me. Um, the effect of like thinking that you're in a in a show that exists within your own a realistic show where magic is not real and then to just all of a sudden have be confronted by irrefutable yeah you know, unexplainable phenomenon.
1: Yeah. I, I had a less of a visceral reaction to that because of your spoiler text, but I agree. I remember, like, the first shot where it pans up and you see him on the ceiling for the first time, and I, my my reaction was like, oh, here <laughs> we go. Like, uh-huh. whatever Raul was talking about, it started. That's and it. It, was, it. It was really interesting, too, because the next, like, 15 minutes... Is them sort of trying to make sense of it And mm-hmm. I was with them for that Because they're talking about I think in just the previous episode They were setting up the baby room And the baby room Because of the, the passive house thing It has Like some sort of weird air pressure system And uh. they use that to talk about Oh he's on the ceiling Because the air, the air pressure Air pocket or something In the house is fucked up and the whole time I'm with them, I'm like, "Is that how? Could that happen? Could, could like the air pressure in your house be in such a way that you are just stuck to the ceiling?" Uh huh. Uh, at least they're they're trying to make sense of it in that way.
0: Specifically, Nathan, like he he starts acting like he kind of knows what's going on a little bit.
1: Yeah, and it makes you like less freaked out or kind of uh, more freaked out. I don't know. Uh huh. But I. I I'm right there with him. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, that makes sense. Like, we're still in the realm of reality. We have to be. This is not that type of show.
0: Right, right. Or if not, like, reality, uh, some compromise, like, a world where there is a phenomenon such as anti-gravity. Like, I found it very interesting when he was describing the idea of this, like, air pocket. And uh-huh. these these air pockets, like, maybe have this property of anti-gravity. And so he's, like, within the air pocket and, and he's warning Emma Stone to, like, be careful to not get into it. And at one point, she's like, oh, I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. Yeah. So I'm like, you where think did this air pocket theory come from? How does Nathan know about it? What is the story here?
1: Yeah. I assume it was related to the, the baby room air pressure thing earlier. Right, right. I don't know where that theory comes from at all he seems like he's supposed to just kind of know what's going on most of the time so maybe that's just part of his character what do you think of the whole emma stone saying that she could feel it because obviously that's not true because whatever's affecting him is like a curse and it has nothing to do with her right and even when people people trying to pull him down they're like not being affected by it so
0: exactly it's like exactly it's
1: a specific to nathan weird magic thing that's happening it so why, to me why like would she say air, that?
0: Yeah, maybe she was just scared. Freaked like out. the power of yeah, the power of um, persuasion, or what am I trying to say?
1: It's a scary like situation. Probably like in shock a little bit, and she's going into labor, right? Like you would believe anything. Makes sense.
0: Um, but yeah, I found that interesting that Nathan would kind of like be acting like he knows what's going on, and then to have that disproved that he actually has no idea what this is mm-hmm. um, he acts exactly as if he were inside of his own dream
1: yeah that's a good um that's a good thought I and that's that, yeah
0: and that's purposeful um like when he's flying up in the air you can hear him mouthing like wake just up. wake up just wake up
1: yeah and it's um, um it's a that's a cool effect too because at that point he's so far in the clouds that the um the sound is harder to hear you just hear like Mm -hmm. mostly like wind
0: right Um, right
1: so you have to like hear the uh wake up wake up over all of that loud so it doesn't like immediately tell you what's going on
0: that that, when i first saw him on the ceiling my mind immediately jumped to i hope he doesn't like fall up into the sky (laughs) like that's the first place my mind went same it
1: uh it happens that thought gets more um, concerning when he hits the window. There's like a part in that little sequence where he's moving around the ceiling of the bedroom where he falls into the skylight and you hear like glass uh-huh. break. This is like a common
0: oh. dream, right? Falling Nightmare. up. Falling up, floating, flying.
1: Yeah, I definitely have Very falling dream dreams. Object. Yeah, It's so scary a... when they pull out the, uh, the chainsaw. Like, you know exactly what's about to happen, but like, it still like startled me quite Mm -hmm. a bit. Like that, that cut where like the branch falls and then he flies up really fast. My main complaint about that, I was telling Grace about this, that that does not seem safe. Like if they, if he really was just like a crazy guy, like the firefighters thought he was just like grabbing onto the tree, they're like, all right. The solution here is to cut this whole branch off and let them both land on this giant airbag. It seems like a for sure fire way to like kill someone. Like, How right, would they know right. that the branch and him would not land like right on top of each other? Because the branch mm. was huge. It would have easily like killed him if just yeah. it, it fell wrong.
0: Yeah, I wondered about that also. So I, that was I guess a pretty
1: unbelievable part for me.
0: I wondered what they would actually do. In that case, if you have like a mentally unstable person who is refusing to cooperate.
1: Is that like, is the potential of them like injuring themselves just like collateral damage? Like there's no other way to deal Mm -hmm. with it. Maybe it's also just, you know, there's no real protocol. It's sort of like up to the municipality. In this case, the firefighters, they're like, this is just how we deal with it.
0: Yeah, like there's not I mean, like
1: a mental health professional in that town that they could call to deal with it any other way.
0: They they seemed a little bit like incompetent, not super professional as you might expect from a smaller towns. Yeah, uh, like fire department. So yeah, it does seem like they kind of just thought up of the idea. A he few said he kept before, saying that man. it's
1: like how they handle bears.
0: Oh, the.
1: The, the, the first firefighter hints a couple times, he's like, man, this guy's crazy, like, we're gonna have to trank him, tranquilize him, uh, which was just a joke, I guess, because at one point, before they have the big reveal of the chainsaw, I thought that, that the woman firefighter that's walking up, that she maybe had, like, a tranquilizer gun or, like, a syringe, she was just gonna, like, stick him in his butt, and then he would, like, fall off, but that seems equally insane as the chainsaw. Yeah, like tranquilizing a person, um, like you would an animal.
0: The shot of him, like uh, after he got up in the tree, and Whitney and the doula leave, and Dougie and the emergency people come, was such a funny, mm-hmm. like, a comedy moment because you With, just have this shot specifically. It's it's just like when they come up to him and like it's kind of getting the vibe of what the scene looks like from an outsider. Uh-huh. Just Nathan up in a tree, freaking out. You know, yes. they're very nonchalant. Dougie's like, hey, what's going on up there? Yeah. Dougie's
1: nonchalantness, though, is, like, a big part of his... Like, the weirdness of his character. Mm-hmm. Like, he's probably more interesting to me than, than Nathan is by the end. He's a great character. He, I mean, he's... You get these, like, tiny, tiny hints of his backstory, um, and they come so quickly. Like, he'll be in the middle of just, like, talking to another character. It makes, the the whole, like, ending, the last episode, makes me see all of those moments, like, a little differently, Mm -hmm. where he was like, oh, my wife died. Um, I have no other way to explain this, but, like, I'm cursed. And then he says something to the firefighter on the last episode where he's like, my dad ran a, ran away when i was a kid he was weak or something Mm. he has this really and he was like uh, nathan's high school bully or something they kind of make that pretty clear at one point and then yeah yeah there's that they went to camp together or something something like that yeah and there's this whole like um like cuckold thing that he's trying to like trigger in nathan Mm-hmm. Which I still don't fully understand. It might need your perspective on that.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure what to do um, with that.
1: I didn't really, yeah, I I, didn't, I couldn't follow it that well. Like, I couldn't tell if... Nathan clearly does have some sort of, like, cuckold kink. But I wasn't really sure if, like, Dougie was legitimately trying to, like, participate in that. Or if he was just, like, fucking with Nathan. You know that uh-huh. that scene where he does the interview with um, Nathan, or Asher is his character's name and he starts saying like really like vile stuff to him like in front of the whole crew uh-huh. and at the end he's just like just kidding everybody like nathan's not into that stuff or asher's not into that stuff yeah, yeah yeah, um and then their whole dynamic like changes for like the rest of that episode um and then it seems like it's back to normal after that yeah but i don't know all this is to say that dougie's super weird i like I guess I'm just supposed to interpret him as a super broken sociopathic character.
0: The scenes where he's uh drunk driving and he like reaches for the <laughs> breathalyzer, fucking kill me. I think it happened twice.
1: Yeah. He handed me my little gadget.
0: I mean it's it's uh it's very dark 'cause, you know, he killed his wife drunk driving. But but him just like super stone faced, just like Reaching over, eyes glued to the road. He's like, I will not take yeah, my yeah. eyes off the road for one second. Yeah. And then that first line that he is pulls, sort of... is like, okay, so I'm over the limit. I am.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I am drunk. Yeah. I'm going to pull over and we will walk the rest of the way. I, it's funny because it is sort of a product, too, of just Benny Safdie's eyes. Like, Benny Safdie has kind of a weird face uh-huh. that's sometimes hard to read emotion out of. So I think it. That adds to the whole like real glazed over look in those drunk driving scenes.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I think in any other show or movie the the breathalyzer scene would just end in a car wreck, right? He's if he was like the archetypal douchey character, he would be like, Oh, it's fine, like I'll just keep driving and then those two characters would die in a car accident. Right, but right. It subverts you.
0: At that point I was still trying to figure him out I was trying to figure out who the bad Persons are and who the good guys are In the show And uh, throughout the whole series They really don't let you have a good Clear answer on that No Um, everyone's
1: pretty fucked up
0: Yeah but I was like ready to to Throw him aside as a bad guy Quote unquote after he uh, Revealed to us that he killed his wife They set him up Pretty quickly because he's
1: um you see him as like the producer character and at the time you don't really have a good sense of how local he is Mm because that's that's the other thing that they're all from this small town um yeah and he's like not doing super well in his career at the at this point his history with them is longer but at the at the very beginning he just looks like a douchey like big city producer type Uh uh-huh and then like the drunk driving thing and you're like oh yeah this is the this is the bad guy. We have to watch out for this guy.
0: Do you remember that show that he that he made that he showed them a clip of like the guy with the deformed face reality show? The burn victim. Show? Yeah. So fucking funny.
1: It is so funny. It's so like messed up and I think it's it's supposed to sort of be serious or at least like it fits in with like the serious tone of the show, but it uh-huh. is on its face super fucking funny. It's Love like a Nathan for you, degree. like fake reality TV show. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's like in that universe for sure. Oh, man, what else? What else? I I can't oh, I decide have... whether like uh, the like does the finale completely subvert the first nine episodes? Like, is it meaningless to even talk about them and the themes? No. In light of, I don't of think so. Because I, I almost felt like uh, like it, like Nathan pulled a prank on us by presenting us this show that on its own episodes one through nine are completely passable contemporary television that deals with themes and uh prods them and and is contemplative about reality television and class and whatever whatever Mm -hmm. but then to turn it on its head in that final episode i feel like is nathan just kind of saying like oh got you You thought you were getting one thing. Actually, you're getting something else. I like that. I mean, it sounds like something Nathan would do for sure. It kind of made sense to me because episodes one through nine are a little bit low brow, a little bit. Medium brow. Yeah. Uh, uh, A treatment of reality television is like, uh, you know, I'll eat it but it's I'm not excited about it.
1: That's fair. I think that I was on board from the very beginning because it had the ingredients of treatment of reality television starring Nathan for you, or Nathan Fielder in a uh, narrative role. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not on par with other um, television like it, strictly for that reason like I was expecting something like from him and simply just like watching him act in a different kind of way was was fun. Yeah. That like stands on its own.
0: That was a, for us I think that was a great selling point just to see like Nathan take on a dramatic role.
1: Yeah. He's in like remember I sent you that uh clip from The Disaster Artist? Yeah. Like yeah. he's stra- he's straight up like in that like as a character. I'm sure that that's not there's not a ton of examples of that of him in narrative roles
0: i looked it up um, but it's i a, went through his wikipedia page one. on all the stuff he's appeared on and i have an intention of to go through and find all of them like he was in plenty of comedy central shows john benjamin has a van um, apparently he was uh involved with the dimitri martin show important things makes complete sense makes complete sense, right? I want to know yeah. what he produced on that which segments he produced on that. He's show. in
1: that same group as like um like the Bob's Burgers people. He was a he had a cameo appearance. He has a voice that sounds um, very just like Tina. <laughs> very like like Tina and I think that it, when I first started watching that show, I literally thought that it was Nathan Fielder cuz the other guy is just no name. I think this is literally the only role he has. Right. And uh, they, the showrunners acknowledge that because there's another episode where there's like a Tina doppelganger that is voiced by Nathan Fielder.
0: Right, right. Uh, yeah, I had that same confusion also. But yeah, I'm looking through his thing here. John Benjamin has a van, Nick Swartzen's pretend time, Drunk History, Kroll Show.
1: So like, yeah, kind of late, late comedy central.
0: Oh, what do you think of this one? Consulting producer... Writer and director, co-director of Who Is America.
1: Wow, very isn't cool. that
0: interesting? That's very cool.
1: Yeah, Who Is America is HBO, right? Uh, yeah. So he's he's been in like uh, this in the rehearsal. Oh, this was Showtime. Okay.
0: No, Who Is America? Is Showtime.
1: Oh, that is Showtime. Uh huh. Okay, very cool. I'd never seen a twenty four attached to a show before, like this one had.
0: Ah, yeah. Very fitting, though. Like, uh, this is a classic A24. This is why I love A24. This is why I trust their brand. Yeah. I have a prediction about Hmm. Nathan Fielder. What's that? That in his next project, he will have completely dropped the facade, the character of the dorky Nathan Fielder that we've known up until this point. You think so? gone gone like that like up like how he went up into space just like that
1: Mm -hmm. next time he comes back he's gonna
0: be like it's me guys
1: that's an interesting prediction we don't even know who that is we've only seen like whispers of it like in the other the other things where he breaks character well we've
0: seen him i mean didn't you see him on jimmy kimmel no no i'm just joking but like he did a jimmy kimmel appearance where he did a bit where he comes out he's like this guy he's like wearing dumb sunglasses i sent you the I, link remember
1: yeah i remember the image I've, I, I remember what he's wearing like the tiny sunglasses he looks like tiny he's sunglasses. from the 90s or something
0: right right and the whole bit of that is that he comes out and he's like this is the real me like i've been playing a character all these years but oh interesting this is me that's what he that's how he presented it yeah
1: yeah wow okay that's interesting
0: i should have watched that um I think that they had fun promoting this project. Uh, I Did saw an interview see with Benny Safdie where he was like completely covered head to toe in like silver. He looked like a silver man, like that you might cool. see doing an outdoor performance. And uh-huh. like, he just didn't acknowledge it. That's it's really actually funny. super worthwhile to check out. Like, and, and then his performance on that interview, it's Jimmy Fallon. Uh-huh. It's like, he just goes on and on on this kind of rambling, barely coherent, barely yeah. passable or funny story. And yeah. Once again, like, I feel like the joke is just, like, on us, the audience, and on Jimmy Fallon.
1: Yeah. It's sort of similar... Do you remember in Nathan For You, there's an episode about his appearance on some late-night show? Yeah. Um, it was, like, a Jimmy Fallon type of thing. And the whole episode is about him preparing this, like, fake story uh-huh. for that appearance. And it's the real thing that, like, actually aired on television uh-huh. that's part of the episode. So it's not new that he's like intersecting with like real media and that's part of the joke, real in quotes. That's why I love him. There was another thing I saw. You know that movie with uh, Sidney Sweeney that's coming out? It's called um, Anyone But You or something like that. Could only be you. It's like a dumb like romantic drama or something. Yeah, yeah. There was a trailer that came out. Where it's just Sidney Sweeney and her co-star talking about the movie. It's like, hey, Sydney Sweeney here, and I'm so-and-so. Check out our new trailer for Anyone But You right now. Uh, so that was just a normal thing that was out there on the internet. And then Nathan Fielder and Emma Stone, within hours of that trailer being released, or like the promo... Uh, they made their own parody version of it. Same clothes, same background, basically the exact same script that the other two had. But they just sub in the word, The Curse. Like our new show, The Curse. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's in every way exactly the same.
0: Um, yeah, I remember that when it came out. And at the time, they tried to play it off as just an honest mistake on somebody's part.
1: N- no way. Yeah. They did that? I mean, they the- They tried to, like, make it seem like it was a it was a joke or a mistake
0: like a serious mistake that uh because i guess the people that make those trailers are sometimes not the same as the people that make the show it's like contracted yeah. out to a different company so what they were saying was that like this company made both and that they cheated or took a shortcut and just kind of copy and pasted
1: where where was that like where was that reported that that's what had happened
0: uh like nathan put out a written statement which i believe is just a screenshot on just social media twitter or something twitter or something like a screenshot of his notes app or something okay yeah and i remember at the time thinking like probably a stunt but yeah you know would not put it past him but i didn't know why i still don't know why
1: yeah I mean you've really like done a good job of like keeping up with the real time like uh promotional media for this yeah my experience yeah. Um, with the curse is pretty contained in the show itself
0: uh-huh i started watching it as it was coming out so i I had that real time week to week experience which i always enjoy and i like doing that
1: yeah i think uh, back on the topic of if the last episode totally like nerfs the the previous nine i don't think so i think if you keep a good kind of running memory of what's happening in each episode the last one enhances it quite a bit which Mm -hmm. was helpful for me because i was watching them back to back so i was basically watching an eight hour movie i was Uh pretty like on top of what was happening and uh, there's a lot of different hints throughout the show that Point to like maybe something weird's going on like uh all the stuff with the little girl and how she may or may not have like the actual power to curse people uh-huh i don't know i just i think that it makes those scenes like more interesting sure sure with, with the last episode
0: the disappearing like, or the chicken in the sink yeah which by the end was like never explained like nobody copped to it
1: Right, yeah, it was never explained. It, it's, it does a really good job, I think, um, and this would fall into the category of just good generic television, not something that has anything to do with the end. but um they do a good job of like suspending your disbelief about the existence of a curse, at least it did for me, because the whole chicken thing, at, at the very beginning, you um you sort of immediately dismiss it as like Nathan's just being like weird and paranoid. Um, because yeah. he's clearly like mentally unstable which continues but like enough other things happen that you're like I don't know maybe like is he on to something and like we're the crazy ones
0: what else is, what's an example of that because in my own like mind, the girl the whole time I thought like the curse was not literal
1: okay I thought it could go either way at any point point. and one of my other reasons for saying that is like um when he's testing the little girl when he's like, how many nails do I have, like, in my hand? And uh-huh. she gets it right every time. I mean, it could easily be just, like, a coincidence. And it's its own. that scene's only purpose is to demonstrate how much further, like, Nathan's mental state is devolved. But I don't know. It also could be, like, maybe that little girl knows how many nails he has, on it, inexplicably. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another thing on that idea... Like Dougie's whole belief in the curse And his like kind of Out of left field obsession With the little girl When Asher confides in him That like he was cursed by her Uh huh. Because they, they do that whole thing Where they go into their The immigrant's family's house Under false pretenses So Dougie can confront that girl uh-huh. Like he's, he's fully bought in and Into the existence of a curse I'm not really sure what he was trying to do During that scene but Enough people believe in curses. Maybe there's real curses in the show.
0: I was surprised by how much credence the characters gave to this curse thing. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I I was completely, in my mind, it was like, of course there's not curses. It's just, I mean, people believe in stuff like that in real life, but I have the same attitude of where I say it's not real. It's just like you reading into a situation and seeing things that aren't there and whatnot.
1: I think that I might have been more on that side of things had you not given me the spoiler text. Mm. The spoiler text really like, uh, made the alarm bells go off, be like something weird's going on in the show. That uh-huh. I, it's the exact same thing happened when we watched um, Sorry to Bother You together. The whole time that we watched the movie, <laughs> you were teasing that like you are not ready for the end of this movie, <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I was like, I guess I'm not, so I yeah. was ab- better able to predict that right, there was right. horse mutants at the end.
0: Yeah, I, I now have a much more expansive view of what constitutes a spoiler. Like any information at all, in direct or indirect, uh, I I will group into the category of a spoiler.
1: It's a like it's, a, uh, it's about the source too, because it coming from you, I like trust you and your sense right. of like what's profound and what isn't. And so, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just information into your
0: brain yeah. that you wouldn't have had otherwise. Yeah. And then, I before we watched this, Stacy and I had a discussion about watching a Q and A. Uh, like they they toured around and like had these kind of like did these like Q and As kind of like low budget, low production Q and As where it's just like at a theater, at a local whatever, maybe at a university, and there's an audience and a panel discussion, you know that kind of thing. And and we discussed, like, whether we should watch it or not. And I was very adamant. I'm like, I don't want to see anything. Yeah. Anything is a spoiler. Any Even just the way that yeah. they formulate the questions or the answers is going to give me information that I don't want. So I said right. I vetoed it. Have you watched it I, since? Uh, I've been watching some stuff, yeah. Okay. And they're just trying. I mean, they're, like, just in Moment, they're just, like, lying. They're just, like, acting because they know that there's this huge thing that is supposed to be that they can't talk about openly. So they're just, like, putting on this act about, like, oh, you know, it's about, like, uh, social media and reality television and class dynamics. But all that shit's bullshit because they know that, like, I don't know, I think the show might be about something else. Right.
1: And and as we have been talking about that, the Q&A... The promos, everything that's like marketing for the show, um, is sort of part of the larger bit, which mm-hmm. is things aren't this big. Yeah, things aren't this not like three dimensional
0: performance art that engages yeah. with the real world.
1: I love that you called it like performance art because um, I totally agree that that's what it is. Yeah, I think that's um, what it is. And in the show. Um, they have like kind of traditional like studio like art gallery performance art with the native woman uh-huh. you know um which i just think is so silly that sort of stuff like real hard um in a gallery space performance art so i like that they f- they feature a version of that that is that is dumb while well, the whole thing is <laughs> performance art. yeah 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 i took a class in college that like part Part of the curriculum was performance art, and it was just the weirdest, cringiest thing I've ever had to do and and watch, because like everyone in the class like did like their own performance art project. All right, tell me about it. There was this one guy who it, it was in uh, what's now Chalmers Hall at the time. I think it was just called Art and Design. It's like an uh-huh. art building if you ever spent time in those. Um, so there's like some rooms that that look like art galleries. It's just all white walls concrete floors and one guy's art performance art project was he brought all of us because we were the audience into a room that looked like that and there were like children's toys just scattered all over the room um things like a jack-in-the-box or like a ball or like some streamers and there was a projector the lights were off There was a projector on the wall that was like real footage of him as a child Um, Like family video sort of stuff like him playing in the yard And the guy himself while that was going on and we were standing in the corner watching this He like ran around the room acting like a, a child like a like a very young kind of toddler where uh-huh. he would just be like, ha, 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 and he'd pick stuff up and, like, throw it and, like, run around and just laugh and he'd say things like, yay, I'm having so much fun or something. Uh-huh. And uh, I think about that all the time <laughs> and how fucking weird that was. Is
0: that a core memory for you now?
1: Yeah, for sure. I, honestly, I couldn't remember too many of the others. I remember what I did, too. I was, like, this blind guy. is bad. I don't want to...
0: hey, I want to show you something
1: episode one you said right the very yep, end right there this is, this, is it does this look correct okay
0: yep let it roll it's just that shot of Nathan right and then he looks at the cat makes eye contact with the camera and then the camera pans down so Nathan just kind of shoots up in the frame
1: oh okay nice I, I didn't notice that before
0: there's a bit of that throughout the the series that that i've
1: noticed well something i only noticed like in our i don't know fourth or fifth episode and it like Uh switched on like my sixth sense about stuff in the show and i had noticed that all the camera angles were like they were kind of made to look like they were hidden cameras like they were always behind stuff there was always like a a frame of just like junk that was sitting in front of it that was out of focus Uh made it seem like the camera was deliberately being hidden obvious kind of visual motif just with what the whole show is about but it also made me think maybe the finale weirdness that you were talking about is that the whole thing that we are actually like two show layers deep not unlike what the Uh rehearsal is that Uh like what we were watching was the curse in quotes the making of
0: uh-huh
1: you know it was like the curse is not a real show that's just what uh this thing and thing is and at the end I I'd actually thought that like at the end it might I don't know how this would have happened but it would zoom all the way out and be like actually no one knew the show was going on or like this show was actually real and not scripted like the whole time something like that uh-huh
0: yeah 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 uh like the ending of of the holy mountain remember that the he just movie? talks
1: to the camera right
0: yeah 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 it's it, it pans out you see the camera dolly and everything and the whole set and he's just like we're all actors we're actors making a movie yeah leaving the moment the spirituality of the essence of the film
1: if you watched that like that moment, and it was like your first time doing like shrooms or something, your like brain would explode. <laughs> Everything <laughs> like, is uh, an illusion.
0: If if like the you're watching a movie and then they just break character, break the fourth wall, and they just start talking to you, like wouldn't that just blow your mind? Yeah. If you had it's never in the seen realm of possib- Right, right, right. <laughs> it's a good effect. I think that I, I when
1: Yodarowski like did it, it probably wasn't a super. <laughs> normal thing like fourth wall breaking Uh uh-huh because I've heard him talk about that scene as like a super profound moment and I feel like maybe in context it was but you watch it now and you're like okay
0: (laughs) whatever (laughs) I guess it's okay ending
1: the another scene you saying that there's more instances of people looking at the camera because I only really noticed it one other time and it was like I think Uh, in the last ep or second to last episode
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I heard that there's more instances, and I myself have seen some others. Um, like with extras. Yeah. Because they, they use some of the local actors, I think they use people that are not actors or something, or maybe. I, yeah, I, I told
1: that to Grace early on. I'm like, there's, and that's like what kind of added to my theory of it being even more meta than it turned out to be. I'm like, there's clearly like real people. In this show Like there's a bunch of people who Are clearly But it is like under the guise of a A dramatic Narrative show So I I was wondering if it would not be that By the end if it was actually not A narrative show
0: Like in that first episode that like Española More older middle aged Women Who they like Yes kicked out of her home, put her into another rental that costs more and then subsidized the difference. Uh-huh. That lady, like, uh, her performance is so realistic. The performance. Of... She's a
1: real person.
0: Right. It, right. Ma- it so made like, me how, think, how could you get this performance unless she was just a real person?
1: Right. It made me think that like that person, the way that they were briefed was that they were filming like flipanthropy for real. Uh-huh. they're like hey we're doing this show i'd be interested to know like if that if anything real actually happened with that person's like
0: they really kicked re- her out of her residence <laughs> or something
1: but yeah it seemed like just the way she was acting and it was perfectly shot because of uh it looked just like nathan for you like yeah. the camera uh style was completely different for the a few lighting, of those the shots brighter. yeah so you believe that it's like a real show. Because that's what Nathan yeah. For You is. It's people with like fake, fake premises for what they're being filmed
0: for. Right, right. Did you see they put out a 10 minute video on YouTube, like in between episodes, I don't know, six and seven or something no. of a of a cut of Flip, Flip Anthropy.
1: Oh, cool. Was it yeah. one of the cuts that shows up in the show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: Which but one? There's like a fuller version of uh, which cuts. Yeah, or like what like, happens. Like a lot of the stuff that you see them filming is in that cut. Like the fake couple that they put together, the pregnant lady, uh-huh. the guy with the long hair, the lady we were just talking about, the old lady. Um, A bunch of them were in it.
1: That's cool. Did it reveal anything new? No.
0: No. <laughs> but yeah. it just helped kind of like cement the reality a little bit more to see this... Um, and, and it looked like a, a rough cut, or I, I don't know what like the professional industry yeah. term is for it, but like it, it wasn't complete. It still had like some filler. Spots there's like um, that.
1: there's a part in the show where Dougie's like showing a cut to the couple, and he's um, you know, Asher and Whitney. That it, he does like a temp VO thing, where he's it's when they change the show name and he's like this is Green Queen and I'm whatever but it's Dougie's voice it's meant to be Whitney's voice and it says on the screen temp VO yeah um was that what you saw or something like Uh, that
0: something like that it was still called the one I saw okay it it had some sort of like placeholder stuff in there a little bit and like at the end it had some like text that was kind of I don't know, it's like something, it's a not finished product that you would send up to the-
1: That's the, great, that's totally like, totally on brand for what the show is. It's like that, yep. like the incompleteness, like the rough cut is like the
0: style of the mm. show.
1: That's its visual language.
0: The Green Queen, terrible name.
1: It's worse than the first name, <laughs> but it's funny cause everyone in the show unironically is like, that's amazing
0: that's great N- green queen no one
1: Boy. no one is ever joking they're like that is incredible that is so much better <laughs> than what we had before
0: i kind of like philanthropy
1: did you feel like nathan was gonna like kill someone by the end
0: yeah a little bit
1: i felt I like it was building the, towards murder like someone was gonna die for sure by the end
0: that final monologue on episode nine what, in the hotel like, room really, when he like freaks yeah, it really out really took me for a loop yeah, like I think it, that, that just made um, me think that he was capable of anything.
1: Well, I think it, it really starts to get weird when they show that scene of him watching back a cut or something, and he's, like, taking notes, like, super sociopathic notes that are, like, uh, don't laugh for too long. Uh, puns are really good. It's, like, what you do when you're, like, too high. You're, like, studying, like, how to fit in.
0: Uh, there's two instances of that in the show. Like, there's one where he's doing that, uh, like, notes for himself to be on the show. Like, notes for his performance on the show. And then there's another mm-hmm. scene where it's him doing that, but for his personal life. Like, notes to himself about, like, how to deal with Whitney better. And and,
1: and that's the scarier one.
0: That's the scarier one.
1: Yeah. And it's late. It's late in the show. Right. That's That's kind of the moment when I was like, ah, oh, like. Something bad's gonna happen with Nathan. Uh-huh. Like he's gonna lose it. And he does lose it. I mean he's clearly like out of his mind. Like at the end. Uh like episode nine. Episode when nine. He storm yeah. when he storms back into the room. And it's kind of an interesting fake out because he's like yelling at Whitney and, and saying, like, There is no curse, like I'm just a terrible person and the reality is that like Whitney just doesn't want to be with him and Uh he's like uh he thinks it's his fault so he's like totally delusional and saying it in a really like crazy guy way like kind of almost yelling at her and she's like about to cry he knew
0: exactly what to say
1: well that's what i was curious right when that episode ended is because her like lip is quivering she's like starting to cry and Uh you i think you could interpret it as one of two things that it's She's so incredibly happy because she says you still want to be with me after all that That she can't believe this person that she's with she's so happy Or she's like so scared because this ah. guy's like totally very clearly lost it at this point point. And it's only until the next episode that you realize that it's um the former Right she was she was happy that that he was fucking insane at that point
0: Although it's not uh, completely settled for me because they could also be together in the final episode because their being together is like a prerequisite for the show continuing. Yeah, they, they just learned how to
1: they learned how to like deal with the imperfections of their relationship for the sake of their careers.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right. What do you think of Nathan's character? Like it was quite a leap going from episode 9 Nathan to episode 10 Nathan. Episode 10, he's like almost like a messiah like messiah like figure like a jesus type in what way he's very well like he's uh he's very serene he's like uh very charitable he like decides to give the house away and whatnot Mm -hmm. he like looks very at peace just very different there's that Mm -hmm. big scene where they're doing that like uh jewish ceremony at the dinner maybe just like the prayer Uh uh-huh thing yeah I don't know I just say that that struck me like religion is something that he's been putting in a show like was featured predominantly in the rehearsal
1: yeah it it is weird though
0: because it's
1: like the messianic thing doesn't really apply to like Judaism which is like what that religion is like what he canonically is and I also think uh maybe he is in real life
0: well I'm not sure about that because Jesus was Jewish so I just I wasn't sure Jesus was Jewish but
1: like Judaism like rejects Jesus as a Messiah Christianity thinks that Jesus is someone special mm-hmm. uh, but I see your point there's also like a weird um, the only thing that I really caught on to that was kind of like Christian oriented was that experiment he's doing with the little girl with the nails you know he like puts a bunch in his oh, hand at the shit. end and he like pierces his own hand with with nails he does like a little yeah stigmata dude. of thing course to i never
0: even thought of that yeah you hit the nail on the head in
1: the hand nail in the hand in the hand jesus but is, uh, yeah there's something uh, like that more that. likely crucified on his wrists though common misconception uh, <laughs> oh really yeah because like uh nails through your palms like wouldn't structurally hold you up as well it was like uh-huh. more common to do it through the wrists
0: what's it called stigmata Stigmata, yeah. Yeah.
1: Jesus was crucified. Stigmata, I think, specifically refers to Jesus' crucifixion, like, with the holes. Uh,
0: but, yeah, there, there's something about that, like, that the tone of that final episode that was very kind of spiritual. And then I thought him flying up kind of represented, like, ascension to heaven or something.
1: Yeah. I had th- I had that same thought, actually. Now that you say that, I do remember thinking jesus ascension when he flew up into the the clouds and you're right he is very kind of like at ease when he's doing when he's like stuck to the ceiling he's sort of like the voice of reason throughout all Mm -hmm. of that like i remember uh she's freaking out more about the ceiling and she's going into labor and at one point he's just standing there's like a profile shot of him upside down and he's just like whitney we're having a baby yeah, it's it's just like a very like soothing line for her. Like it. Um, yeah. It seems very sincere. I have that same vacuum that he was using to try and pick the phone up
0: during that oh, scene. nice, nice. That exact same vacuum. How do you think the? I have a question about the the physics of what happened. Is the anti gravity only acting on his body? Seems that way. Yeah. Yeah. Like when they were trying to do the thing with the towel, couldn't he just? dropped the towel and draped it downwards and then she could grab a hold of it yes i just like, they think they made that, it seem like it had to be thrown and caught like quickly no with i mean reflexes.
1: well there's like a they have this like little exchange where i think it's just a side effect of them being freaked out because like she she like throws it up to him and he like misses it or whatever both of them say the opposite thing where she's like, I just need to throw it up to you, and then he's like, No, I'll just like dangle it or something like that. And it's, it's the same dilemma that you, just had, but it's just two regular people who are freaked out, like trying, because uh-huh. you wouldn't know in that situation, like, oh, should I just, should I throw it up to you? Should you, should you throw it to me? It's just two like, scared people, like being confused right. on how to how to handle this,
0: right? Like I was wondering if. Nathan just took the towel and did this like just held it out to his side which way would it go and the way they shot it does not give you any answers like they're the way has his, that his clothing clings and that and the towel is shot oh, doesn't really I see. tell you whether it's going up or down you're saying that like he could use this to like get
1: himself down like well because he... they had the,
0: they, they had a plan of like having a towel connect them both and then they could maybe just try to do some pulling mm-hmm. um but yeah, it just, it wasn't clear how the physics of that worked.
1: It did seem like, um, I mean, based on what I was seeing, I would guess that if he did dangle it out, like what you were saying, that it would just fall like normal. And a better situation would have been if like they had some rope or something and they tied it to like the bed frame and then they tossed it up to Nathan. He should theoretically be able to like climb his way down.
0: Uh-huh. Although I think I'm not even sure if that would have ultimately helped any because it didn't seem like no that's not going to turn off the anti gravity. Dude, the, the scene of them clinging onto each other was so trippy.
1: Yes, where where they totally. finally do
0: get a hold of each other and they're both just totally. floating midair. God, that that blew my brain wide open.
1: Yeah, it was less trippy for me just because the whole time I was thinking about how they were doing that practically, like I was looking for things like Nathan's despite being affected by anti-gravity like his f- skin and his hair still adhering to real gravity cuz he's just on wires, you know. I was just trying to see through the illusion too much. I think during, they, during they they did scene. both,
0: didn't they? They had like an upside down set and then also like a normal oriented set probably where, where they yeah. had to do something with wires, so Yeah. I was trying to look at that too, but I, I couldn't quite parse it out.
1: That's such A problem with stuff like this for me because I inevitably when they show like a wide angle shot that's like super trippy where it's like one person's standing straight up on the ceiling and another person's standing on the floor inevitably Uh I'm just gonna look for the seams like it it totally takes me out of just enjoying how surreal that might be and I'm just like looking for the holes in the magic trick Uh uh-huh Which is probably, like, that's my me problem. That's not anyone else's problem.
0: A beautiful scene, though. I mean, all those upside-down shots of him kind of climbing were very, like, beautiful. Him just kind of grasping. Like, there's one in particular where he's kind of, like, standing. And and he's just kind of, like, (laughs) shaky and slow-moving. And I'm like, God, this is fucking good. I love this so much.
1: I was trying to think of how I would fare in that situation. Because, you know, if your gravity is just inverted, all you have to really worry about is just, like, standing. Like, you should be able to just still stand. Uh Uh-huh. You know? You just, like, treat the ceiling as if it's the floor and just adjust accordingly. But the way that I thought about it ultimately was that your brain just wouldn't let you. That if somehow that was happening to you, you would see your environment being like, that's, like that's the floor, this is the ceiling, and so inherently you wouldn't be able to balance the same way. Like right, you're right. the like the perspective is, you know how people get like motion sick, uh-huh. and uh, you know, and you're when you're in an airplane, if your plane like tilts really far to the side, like your sense of up and down is still like, at a 45-degree angle.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, same situation, where it's just, like, you, your perspective would stop you from being able to just be normal.
0: Well, now, it seemed to me like the strength of the anti-gravity varied a little bit as he was going to different spots. Like, at, at first, like, it was so strong that he mm-hmm. was just, like, remained flat. And it it seemed like it was difficult for him to kind of fight against it. But then later on, when he moves to the living room, he is more kind of just freely climbing. Yeah. And I don't know if that was intentional or just like. I feel like it's.
1: I feel like it's exactly how it would go down if he were being affected by one to one opposite gravity. Because just the the sheer the like psychological factor the weirdness of it the weirdness of being like pinned to the ceiling you'd, you'd be like oh i'm like stuck up here you wouldn't immediately uh, think yeah. that like oh i can just stand up because this is normal uh-huh. this is normal gravity you're yeah, trying yeah, yeah. actively sense. you're trying actively to get to a place where gravity won't allow you to be uh-huh
0: uh-huh that makes sense like you're so terrified that i mean you're just like kind of halfway cowering
1: right and it wears off at the end, where, like, at the end, it really does just look like gravity in the opposite direction. I, it kind of like, loses he does, me... He really
0: does fall, like, terminal velocity, like, through the air. I, I yeah. Just, I found that very interesting.
1: It's, uh... The only part that kind of took me out of it was when he's hanging on the tree. They, they clearly shot some of that where he is just, like, literally on the tree, like, uh-huh. in real life, normal gravity probably hooked up to a harness but there's nothing like pulling him in real life in the opposite direction so you see his body sort of drape on the tree branch as if he was in real gravity which is how it would look obviously unless you really put in the effort of like pulling it's about like where his um his legs connect i'll just show you
0: yeah i kind of see what you mean like uh, there's some shots here where it, it doesn't look like his feet are holding weight
1: right like his feet are just sort of dangling i'm seeing it now too as as i'm re-watching it i can see like his back is sort of arched like towards his um midsection his it's sort of higher than the rest of his body and i think that that harness yeah i'm thinking like a a waist harness that's just sort of like yanking up on him a little bit Uh, to create that effect got it but that's, that's not a perfect like emulation of what anti-gravity would be. Your whole body uh-huh. would be pulled up parallel. Did you feel like there was, um, you know, at the end when he's in space, it reminded me of like 2001 a little bit. Yeah. Cause like he's sort of in the fetal position there at the end and he's literally in space, baby in space.
0: Yes. 100% I had that thought, which seems, uh, it seems deliberate enough, I think. Yeah, I think they were trying to... With this ending, they were kind of trying to capture some of that high concept weirdness that 2001 tapped into.
1: Yeah. What do you think of when Dougie, like right at the end, he's like sitting on the ground in front of the fire truck and one of his camera guys says something to him and he immediately breaks down. Yeah. And he starts crying. Is that like an admission of guilt? Like he... Cause he cursed him like an episode before that cursed Uh uh, Asher and assuming that's the reason that uh, Asher's flying up in the first place is because of
0: the Dougie curse. He was acting a bit weird during that situation, like a little bit unrealistically. Like when he flew up, he had the intuition to say like, make the drone go up, like almost as if he was he knew what kind of was going on and it was asking the drone operator to follow him.
1: Yes. I had that same thought. And uh, and I'm watching it now actually. He was expecting this somehow.
0: Right. And then I'm saying now like the drone operator says that like they recovered the drone, like they, the drone uh, is back in a distance where they can communicate with it. And then he's showing him the shots and then he just starts breaking down. Yeah, with so much jewelry on.
1: Yeah, he has like kind of this wrist clamps Johnny, and Johnny Depp thing going on.
0: I, I I heard the interview with him like he admitted to that. The, the Johnny Depp influence is definitely there.
1: Yeah, and that's a category of real person too. Like, yeah, over accessorizing like long hair, small town douchebags.
0: But yeah, he seems guilty there. Um, I think part of it is also that he's guilty that you know in this. That his uh, priority was on filming what was going on. Certainly, yeah, and and just feeling guilty that that's where his mind was at, and like maybe at that moment it hit him.
1: Yeah, it almost seemed like he, Dougie, like simultaneously knew what he was doing, but also didn't the whole show, because yeah. he goes in he goes in and out of being very self aware and real and empathetic, and then being like a total. Uh, Douchebag who just Cares about the show like he oscillates Between those two parts And it just seems like that breakdown was A climax of like what am I Doing like I uh, I actually cursed this guy And now he's dead and Uh Stands to reason too because he Moments after that is Totally fine like he's talking to the He's talking to the cops And he's not all Messed up he's just like yeah everybody Saw it like he flew up it was crazy. Oh really? Yeah. After the breakdown. Yeah. Like just it he it resolves within seconds. Like his his breakdown. That's funny. So I feel like I don't know throughout the show, Dougie presents himself as like a a really sick person who has like um, maybe not quite multiple personality disorder, but some kind of like bipolar thing where he's just all over the map emotionally.
0: Right, right. There's that, like, uh, episode three or something where there's that shot of him just, like, crying in bed. Do you remember that? Yeah.
1: He's, like, in the hotel.
0: Like, uh, like there's a phone conversation. Like, Asher is kind of, like, avoiding him. Uh-huh. And there's some tense phone calls with, like, the show, whether it's going to be picked up or not, hanging heavy over those phone calls. Mm-hmm. And then you just see him in bed crying and you're like, oh, he just wanted to hang out. Yeah, yeah He's like a big teddy bear
1: guy I don't know if I'd use the word teddy bear But yeah, he is lonely Like he craves Because they kind of make him out in the first episode or two To be this douchebag who lives in New York And has it all figured out Has like tons of, you know, big Like high profile, like TV sort of lifestyle Um, But in reality, his life kind of sucks and this, mm-hmm. this show is sort of his, even more so than the other couple, like his last uh, shot at something.
0: Right. Like they ask him, like, what are you still doing around? Like if you're a big Hollywood director right. guy, what are you doing just hanging around this town? We're done. Uh-huh. And you realize that, yeah, he doesn't have anywhere to go. This, this is as good of a place as any. That uh, that date he was on was really interesting. I think he should have just ended up with her. The and first woman. maybe things would have gone a little bit better. Yeah. yeah. She was so gracious.
1: Yes, she was very no kind. No judgment
0: at all. Yeah.
1: Even like the him pulling over, she's like most guys would have kept driving, but you pulled over. Exactly. Like exactly. best possible reaction to that.
0: Yeah. And, and I think he liked that uh like the attention. He
1: also the there was teased that he might go with the artist for a second.
0: Yeah. They had that one scene where they were just vibing very nicely. Yeah, good dialogue and I don't know why that happened or what came of that That, that's kind of the the relationship dynamics with the cuckolding and him flirting with Whitney maybe that stuff is still a little opaque to me
1: yeah the the cuckold stuff for sure I really don't know what to make of that it did seem like he was pretty transparently interested in uh, Whitney and then at one point Whitney became interested in him Um, and they were both Actively trying to sabotage the others Potential Relationship so like Uh Dougie obviously How he was trying to sabotage it Making uh, Asher look really Bad but then On Whitney's side do you remember She sent a text to Dougie When they When Dougie was starting to get involved with the artist She sent a text to her That was like have you seen Dougie's Like burn victim TV show uh huh. Sort of setting him up for failure, making him look really right, bad right. for this person.
0: Yeah, very, very transparently getting jealous about that dynamic. Mm-hmm. Kara, was it Kara? Kara, yeah. She's an interesting character. She is, yeah. Sort of a little subplot about like selling out. Right. uh The way she ended was interesting. Like working at the massage, massage. parlor. Yeah. So, it's, like, clearly it, her art career didn't pan out, even with all of the good publicity that she had, you know, articles in the New York Times they mentioned.
1: I interpreted that, that, like, Whitney had forced her to the, to that point. That of what? Whitney had made her um, accept money for something that she truly didn't believe in and kind of stripped her authenticity away. And so uh-huh. her only choice was to just quit she had felt like she had lost to Uh, like in her own mind lost her integrity yeah yeah, yeah. or dignity but i don't know she could have just it could have just not worked out for her also
0: right that's what i was thinking and then like that would and then that's why she sold out is because she actually like was not in a wasn't doing well decline that money
1: it's still a lot of money i mean like even if I was doing pretty okay, I feel like if someone told me I could consult for twenty grand, no questions asked, I'd be like, okay. I might like forget my morals for a second.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Would you
1: eat this? The turkey in the, the turkey in the teepee. No, I would not eat it. That, I think that's insane that Whitney did that when you're handed something in like a performance art scenario. I, you shouldn't make any assumptions at all well she you, was
0: just trying to do the the right thing quote-unquote i um, mean like
1: doing doing anything in my opinion is like the wrong thing uh-huh. just like let it happen to you that was like that right, I... right, over- overthinking the whole situation which i think is what her character does like in every at uh-huh. every turn overcomplicates and overthinks things
0: oh i'm listening to the final scene with dougie talking to the cop and you can hear what he says. It's very low volume, so you have to kind of, like, blast up the volume. What's he say? Uh, well, it, it, you can kind of get it from the body language, but he's like... And he went straight up. Everybody saw it, and, and yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. So he understood exactly what it was. Yeah, I mean, at least after,
1: after the fact. Whether that implicates him in how he understood the mechanics of the curse in the first place, I don't know. But he definitely... He saw what
0: happened. Yeah. And understood it. This is a great, like folklore story. Like you can just imagine this then becoming another unexplained phenomenon mystery story.
1: I in I had that thought. The world. I had that that thought too. But it seems like even more insane than this the stuff that really fits into that category. Yeah. Where like, if there. just think about it in a youtube top 10 mysteries context where it's like eyewitnesses saw asher whatever his name is uh ascend into the air all the way up into the clouds and was never seen again like that would that would like hit a little different than seeing like bigfoot in the woods or Uh one account of a ufo
0: Well, it wasn't really clear to me that that many people saw the actual ascension. Because I think, I don't know, if my impression, my my memory was that when uh, the tree fell, that everybody's eyes kind of went down. I don't know if they had a literal shot like that, but that was kind of the impression that I got.
1: Well, there were those two locals that also seemed like um, Uh non-actors at the very end who were like, hey, how'd they do that? And I think that was a clear sign That they had seen what had happened But didn't understand mm. They were like how'd yeah, they do yeah, that yeah. And they were like oh it's for some HGTV show They have some stunt people Some Hollywood thing But it wasn't that at all They just knew that uh-huh. from the context of Who was there uh, They had just seen something Wh- which supernatural
0: I, Which is interesting to me Because it, it adds enough like plausible deniability To this this mystery That it was, because you can imagine hearing about this and just being like, oh, and it happened to this, like, TV producer, and they were filming, and they even have, like, this drone footage. Like, you can imagine yeah. people just scoffing at the drone footage and be like, that doesn't prove anything.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I, I think the fact that it, that it would be a real person and that there were, like, more than one eyewitness witness accounts of people seeing this guy fly up into the air and that that person subsequently like disappears like that there's footage of this event and it's a real person with a social security number who is on the grid and now they're just like missing like without a trace Uh like that seems uh, like it takes it to another level and it's not Uh like a ufo thing where it's like a creature with no i like you just have to take the word of the person who's telling the story this is like a real guy who woke up one morning, several people saw him fly into the sky, and now no one's ever seen him again.
0: This would be a great campfire story.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like people would become obsessed about this. I think that might be my ultimate point, is that uh-huh. people would hear this story and they're like, this is proof of aliens or God or something. Like, it would become
0: uh, something that created fanatics uh, see, I guess, I, I'm not sure if I went that far. Like, my takeaway is that this would become, like, something that that, that wouldn't have any credibility in the end. Like, mm. eyewitnesses, all, all the alien stories and weird shit have eyewitness accounts. You know, that that's not a, a great evidence for those things. Uh, the camera footage can be dispelled. You know, just a little speck. Mm -hmm. in the sky could easily be faked. The disappearance of the guy like I heard one guy on Reddit who was like saying that um, like oh like afterwards like people would think that like Whitney killed them or something Mm -hmm. and that she would be in trouble. Like I just feel like my best guess of what would happen in the world after this is that they wouldn't be able to confront the reality of the phenomenon straight ahead. Like they would have to divert, deflect Into other plausible scenarios yeah yeah i could see that and like for sure and dougie maybe would be like i know what really happened but like doesn't really want to become a a crusader for this thing but he's like i know it was me
1: yeah or he would turn into like a bob lazar type where he's like yeah actually uh nathan was cursed i know that for sure and that's why he ascended and then he would be written off as like just
0: some weird guy. Right, right.
1: What do you think of the family? The Somali family who lived in the
0: house? I like them a lot. I think they played it very realistically. They yeah. Fundamentally yeah. did not trust Asher and Whitney. Right. From yes. From the beginning. Also, I think their uh how much attention they paid to his daughter raised a whole bunch of red flags for him
1: yes like it, it raised flags for the dad like how much Asher yeah. paid attention to his daughter
0: like remember when Asher was chasing her on the street and then he gets stopped by like a neighborhood guy who thinks he's a yeah. pedo right uh bad energy it's sad because you know he really is in a vulnerable position because he doesn't have any money and so the power dynamic is is kind of like it's icky
1: very much so but uh, nathan and or asher and whitney don't see it that way they they see them. they don't see it that way yeah. they see themselves as like his savior and that they should be nothing but chummy with him because of that
0: right right they're fundamentally like so naive mm-hmm. because of who they are because she's rich and because like they just don't i guess because they're white yeah and white i think and it did a really rich. good job right white and rich i think like the way they played with like the hispanic residents and then that somali family um it's it's i think they did it really well yeah to actually play with those dynamics
1: i think that like uh whitney's character is so believable in that way like someone who's from uh-huh. who's from like dirty money but is sort of this like white savior millennial type Who's, like, Uh so desperately trying to, like, distance themselves from that, but is still, like, using the affluence of that dirty money to do what they think is righteous work. And I think it's funny because all of the righteous work, I think by the end, is pretty... What's the word I'm looking for? Dismissed. Like, they keep talking about, like, the efficacy of the passive homes in the first place. They're like, Uh oh, like, you can't have ac 78 is like really hot for a lot of people like that doesn't make sense to just keep Uh it at that temperature um every
0: time you open the door it takes hours to re-equalize
1: right if you're gonna put in a different ac system ac system that keeps the passive thing like it costs like thousands of dollars like it just doesn't work that's sort of what the show's saying at the end is that the the passive homes are not as good as they're meant to be but it's like
0: right Whitney's, like and one the businesses project. that they try to start didn't work the coffee shop didn't work the jean store didn't work right none of it's, it was feasible like despite their best intentions
1: it's someone who's like completely like out of their element just like flailing with like white privilege and money to try and do something good but totally incapable mm-hmm. of doing so
0: yeah uh, which to me makes her very sympathetic like I, I honestly do feel sorry for her like it seems like her heart is legitimately in, you know. Yeah. The ballpark of the right place, but yeah. It's just like there's nothing you can do.
1: Doesn't have like the right I don't know, like I mean, I'm not going to pretend that, like I know how to fix that situation. But I agree with you. She seems like she wants to do the right thing, but is just hopelessly uninformed or in it, unable to do it.
0: Yeah. Maybe the lesson is you can't fix a situation. It's like insurmountable yeah. by her intentions. Yeah. And it does a nice thing in the show where like this tension leads to them being in a situation where to sell the product that they're selling this image of 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 being a uh, philanthropists sustainability and being, and this community and sustainability is where they ultimately just have to fake it. And so they right. end up this is something yeah. that happens throughout the show where they just have to keep making concessions and lying right the businesses are not actually sustainable they're like losing money they can't get people into the homes it's not like practical nobody wants to live there yeah except that one uh <laughs> the one guy, libertarian Lives matter flag yeah he that was very like cracked me up dude
1: yeah he's so interesting because he's like he has all the right stickers of like a, a maga guy but like once uh-huh. he's in the house he's like pretty sympathetic he says something yeah, about yeah. like they're like do you know about like the 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 dispute with like the local tribe yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like yeah he's like, oh, it's don't to- get me started total fucking bullshit and then like both of them like, like pause and just like wait to see what he says next and he's
0: like, like is it going this way or the, that way this way or like, that way
1: the government like should pay the native people
0: For their roads or something like that Like he takes the right, liberal right, position right, right. Yeah that that was so funny It's like okay yeah. so we have a guy here Who it's is a like, complicated uh, character Is a complicated character And like really holds mm-hmm. most of the correct positions But also he supports police
1: Right so yeah. like,
0: Are we gonna throw it all away for that reason Yeah 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 I found that so funny What'd you think of the gene store subplot <sighs>
1: Worth people like
0: stealing her
1: yeah yeah i don't know i mean it seemed I, I i don't i wasn't really sure that i didn't understand that whitney owned that in the beginning like i thought it was a different third party business mm-hmm. um it yeah. became more clear towards the end but um in the beginning i thought that was just another store i like the scene uh, where that one woman we were talking about who was displaced by uh whatever Like the one who we thought was a real person. Here's a real quick shot of her walking into that's the jean store. Um, And it's one of the first shots you see of the jean store. And it's very hip. Uh, It's like the decor is very modern. It's all like plywood and chipboard. It's meant to kind of look like construction-y, but also cool. She just like walks in, looks around, and hears the weird like new age music and just walks out right away. It's definitely (laughs) supposed to be funny. But other than that, I don't know. I just thought it was sad. Like the people stealing jeans, people getting arrested for it. And then Whitney offering to pay for everything that was stolen. And then people inevitably take advantage of that. um, And it just all kind of circles the drain from that point right
0: on. It, it led to that really intense scene where the security guard shows up at their house with a gun in the posse
1: oh yeah i forgot that that was remember related that? to
0: that yes i re- obviously it wasn't clear guns. to me how it
1: was related
0: but um
1: i think that he he said that like that was um cancer he referred to people stealing stuff willy-nilly like that as cancer and that it was their fault and he clearly like they don't really talk about it but he was clearly like a dude who had some kind of Colored past, some sort of reformed criminal. Um, uh, yes, yes. And that he used to
0: be in the cartel or something or a gang. Oh, was that it? I think so. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, something had like a a weird past, and that he was like a hardcore dude who had seen like communities devolve rapidly, so he had like a little bit of credibility when he was talking about. How that sort of thing starts or happens. The guns thing was very scary.
0: Yeah, Nathan's like I, w- I would have taken a bullet for you. Like once that I'm was stupid. House.
1: Like w- I think I would have had the same reaction as Whitney in that moment. I think if my partner was like I was ready to take a bullet for you, I'm like, okay, are you not super freaked out like I am right now that people with of <laughs> showed up at our door?
0: And Nathan's character, like as as he behaved towards Whitney. And it kind of relates, like I think, to, like, some of these, like, cuckold themes and whatnot. But, like, you'll notice that uh, somewhere starting around the midpoint of the season onwards, like, he would be very handsy with her in public. They, they did this yeah. repeatedly. Yeah. Where he would kind of try to show publicly that he has, like, sexual ownership over her.
1: Right. He seemed like, um, based on his interactions with Dougie, like, someone who was very bullied, but had no perception of it. There's that one interaction where they have where Dougie apologizes for bullying him all those years, quote. Yeah. And he's like, What are you talking about? We were just joking around. Like uh, clearly like not understanding uh uh uh-huh. his situation, like the way that he grew up. And I feel like that's it that's what made me see uh think that those two went to high school together was that line. But I don't know, I think that colors nathan's character pretty well throughout where yeah he's just a bullied guy who doesn't really understand anything
0: and and he's trying to be very strong throughout the show
1: yeah that's what makes all of his like um all those comments where he's like i'll take a bullet for you or like i'm the bad person or i'm like the man i'm funny you just he loses all credibility because he has no self-awareness of The fact that he's Hmm. the beta
0: In that relationship Beta yeah I guess that's the Beta cuck male That's where it comes from He is like a textbook beta cuck There's no way to Um, Yeah there's no way around it that's what he is Yeah
1: unfortunately
0: but boy did I feel Sorry for him like Towards the end when everybody was ganging up On him and that's what they were doing they were like bullying Him and his wife Was doing it also yeah. Right after the gun You could just see like You can see the hurt on his face of like, why are they treating me like this?
1: Yeah. It sucks because he's a guy who, similar to what we were just talking about with Whitney, hearts in the right place, but is totally unequipped to adjust in a meaningful way. Like Mm -hmm. he's doing everything that his character is capable of doing. He's taking notes about how to be funnier, how to be a better husband, but none of that shit Unbeknownst to him will lead him to the right answer But he's trying mm-hmm. He just can't do it
0: What'd you think of the episode one moment When they're doing that interview And he goes kind of like psychotic On the the female mm. reporter
1: um, I don't know cause Since it was like the first episode I I was like this is kind of cool Because I was still in Novelty Mode of seeing Nathan In like a Dramatic role mode and uh him like freaking out like that i'm like i wonder how close this is to like nathan fielder for real freaking out like getting mad Mm -hmm. because you know that that's happened in real life and so the way that he talks to that reporter like feels pretty real i mean obviously it's he's not actually mad but it's a really good performance in a way that i could believe that that's exactly what he looks and sounds like when he gets mad, for real.
0: His uh, character that he did on Jimmy Kimmel when he was doing that weird guy with the small glasses, mm-hmm. he was bringing a little bit of that energy to that interview. It's a it's a no go. You can't act like that in polite society. You can't act like that in the workplace. <laughs> you can't be like so angry, psychotic that you're like making people uncomfortable. Like that's just not a mobsters can act like that. Normal people cannot act like that.
1: Or if you're like a white Hollywood exec or something, people of a certain level of elite can act like that and get away with it.
0: But is that even so much true nowadays? I feel like people are on their are trying to be on their best behavior. To where like if you want to be mean and and want to like throw your weight around, you do so with a mask of politeness and professionality Most like of you the can time. still be. Yeah, you're. Right? Yeah,
1: you're. Nine, 99% of the time I was just acknowledging that there are like weird circumstances in the world where you could be like that. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, would yeah. be fine.
0: I I just I wonder how many places there are still where kind of naked aggression um like in the professional world mm-hmm. in in high status places. Yeah. Business, Hollywood, whatever. Like I'm sure uh, Elon Musk I, I feel- has had
1: a similar freak out before. Someone
0: I bet that guy yells all the time Yeah
1: I mean there's that one recording Of him like talking to The, the twitter Engineers where he's like you're an Asshole you know what I'm talking about No. There's like a, a recording It's maybe like a couple years old At this point It's like right when they took over twitter And he's The context of the audio Recording assumingly from some Zoom call early on in the acquisition process where he's talking to like the software engineers at Twitter. He's like, I don't know what you guys are doing with this code, but it basically needs to be rewritten from the ground up. Some like dumb, Mm -hmm. uninformed guy way of looking at the whole situation. And one of the engineers calls him out and he's just like, what are you talking about? How are we supposed to do that? How do you suggest we start doing that? Like, what is it? What is wrong with our code? Like specifically. And Elon just like, can't answer it and he's like uh, 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 you're an asshole and it, it was just like a clip that went, <laughs> went viral for a while but has the same nice, energy nice. as this this yelling interview thing that we're talking yeah.
0: About. yeah 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 i mean so so basically that's it i mean so it's just him like in that first episode him kind of not keeping his cool was uh him going just a little bit out of line in terms of that I mean, like, going way out of line would be him just, like, actually screaming and being very verbally aggressive. But he was still kind of trying to, in that scene, deliver what he was saying in a way that, that could be passable. He he realizes that he fucked
1: up, like, before the interview is over, I think.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Where he,
1: he tries to sort of backpedal, and then they whitney and him have the discussion afterwards and then he has to approach the reporter and be like i'm sorry here's this here's a trade that we can do which is interesting by yeah. itself yeah and i'm sure that is like extremely common in journalism trading uh-huh. like information in exchange for like withholding other information
0: which leads to the whole casino subplot which is pretty interesting
1: yeah what do you think of when he like when his right at the end of Sort of after his revelation as a man, as like a true and honest man, that his coworker confronts him at the bowling alley. And he's like, hey, man, I'm sorry for like blaming you for the leak. Like it wasn't you. It was Carl or whatever. And he's like, no, uh-huh. actually, it was me. I did it. Fuck you. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a split second where he was about to, like, take the position of, like, oh, it's all right, man. Like, no problems at all. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all cool. But then, like, he caught himself. He's like, no, actually, it was me. It's weird. He turns into this, like, I don't know, like, faux Boy Scout
1: by the end. Like, he's trying to do the right thing, like, at every turn. Whether or not he's able to do so, that's kind of, that seems to be the theme throughout, right? Everybody's trying to do the right thing, but just can't. Uh-huh. No, one, no uh-huh. one's
0: doing the right thing or not for the right reasons or mm-hmm. yeah, something like that. Cause there's Whitney tells them at one point, it's like, you wouldn't do anything good. This is during like one of their big fights, uh, which is pretty funny when like Nathan breaks down, he's like, I'm saying the thing I should be like the therapy line about, I, for, I forget what it was. Yeah. I'm saying the line and, I'm, and you're not hearing me. And he, and have you ever seen that done on television or like a very real, uh, like adult, baby tantrum where the voice is just breaking into like half crying and sure, I, I don't I'm, see I'm people sure hitting that register on, very like, often
1: i'm sure i've seen it on like public freak out on reddit kind uh, of thing
0: raw yeah, kind of I, I internet that. content but yeah whitney tells them like yeah you you wouldn't do because she sees herself uh she has like a super- superiority complex Um, And at that point in the show, she's being like very unfair to Nathan or at least very mean and said that, yeah, you wouldn't do anything good if it wasn't for me. And I guess Nathan's character took that to heart because he does try to be a Boy Scout.
1: Yeah. I feel like I'm maybe latching on to one of the bigger themes of the show. And like what you were saying about the Jesus arc earlier is making a little bit more sense where the whole show is about people... Trying to do the the right thing but are incapable of doing so and Asher is the only one who by the end is like still trying like when he's confronted with the ultimate evidence to not try to do the good thing where they show him that cut of everyone making fun of him or you know their marriage not being good when he walks out of the hotel room uh-huh. in that moment he chooses to be like, no, it's still my fault and I'm gonna like be better. It's like the ultimate act of like selflessness. He dies for everybody's sins at that moment and then ascends uh-huh. into heaven.
0: It's this great television.
1: What kind of television do you think this is? Because we talked about it as like normal narrative, Nathan, in like a traditional dramatic role. But it's also like kind of transmedia with all of the, the live appearances and the promo material that sort of fits mm-hmm. into the larger... 3d
0: performance yeah and also like in the context of other stuff that nathan has done which has also done that kind of thing like from dumb starbucks the reality show of nathan for you to the very wacky stuff that he did in the rehearsal the fielder method it's a great continuation in that in in this guy's professional arc honestly i could not be more of a fan of nathan fielder like to me i I can't think of anybody that i like uh, as much or more than him david lynch uh, yeah who are the other greats you know that 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 we revere
1: sort of transcendent artists i don't know kind man fucking yeah. dolly dolly surrealist parton.
0: artists <laughs> dolly dolly parton yeah Dali maybe
1: salvador dolly he's just a surrealist uh, um
0: salvador dolly parton so so yeah i just i dolly. think I, I don't know if i'm overstating it I think with the rehearsal is kind of like the first project of his that that you know kind of no, no, hinted no. At him going in this direction.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with but, you. But
0: now with this, I'm I'm more behind that now, more than ever.
1: Yeah, I, I think that it's. Um, I feel the hesitation to also like use his name in the same breath as a David Lynch or someone who's like really regarded as like an artist, capital A. Because he started off as just this comedy person, Mm -hmm. like, along the likes of, you know, Dimitri Martin, those, like, uh, mid-2000s Comedy Central people. But it also feels cool because it feels like his arc as that, as a potential transcendent artist, is very contemporary. It's happening, Uh like, right now. Like, I watched him in Nathan Nathan For You in real time. And then I watched the progression of like the rehearsal to this where it's like, oh, he's like, he's going through some sort of like metamorphosis as like a public figure. And it feels, it feels cool to be like in sync with that, to like Uh follow it in real time.
0: Yeah. I think when, uh, in retrospect, his career will feel like something very substantial. Yeah. I think he's still building it or metamorphosis I think is a fantastic word to describe what he's doing
1: yeah I'm curious to see if it will like gain the same sort of like respect and notoriety as other people who do this sort of thing it may (laughs) not you know I could see this being something where everybody talks about Nathan Fielder as like a David Lynch type or sort of a forgotten artist who like only the real cool kids know about him or he develops like a cult following that a lot of people swear by Nathan Fielder, but, like, most people don't know who that is or why mm-hmm. it matters. Yeah. It also makes me hesitant to, like, buy into my own perception of the whole thing. It's like, am I just sort of caught up in this Nathan Fielder, like, hyperbole? Is he not, like, as profound as I think he is?
0: But then you watch the source material. It's so good.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then, uh, like, how-to. Like, I like this little ecosystem.
1: Oh, how-to. Yeah, I, I kind of forgot about you that. Know, yeah.
0: That's that's a great entry. Yeah. Uh, oh, one thing I wanted to bring up uh, about how to... are you are you caught up? Have you watched no. all of the new stuff? I don't there, have HBO, so that's the...
1: I have to like go out of my way to like find the HBO stuff.
0: Ah, okay. Well, I can share my login info if you need it. That'd be great. Yeah. No problem. But there's a an episode of the new season where John Wilson talks about a previous episode from the previous season where there's a shot that he has of a toilet overflowing very violently. Brown liquid just, like, spewing out of it.
1: Parasite style.
0: Yeah. And and basically he talks about how he faked the shot. Okay. He explained how HBO gives you some money to, like, do stuff in studio. Okay. And then to make sets and whatever else. Uh-huh. And he decided to, uh, to create that shot of the toilet okay. for that scene. And he was talking about how, like he feels weird about it. Like he was talking about how like people ask him all the time, like, is the show real? Is everything we see on the show? Like rehearsed beforehand, like uh, beats that are quintessentially Nathan Fielder. Yes. And uh, so I just wanted to bring that up as like, uh, I I love seeing Nathan Fielder's hand on things. Yeah. And, and so I would love to see him do more directing in the future, do more like producing,
1: He's the, um, like, the thing that uh, Jodorowsky is trying to do in that final scene of Holy Mountain where he says, zoom back, camera. And it's supposed to be this mind-blowing moment, which, again, at the time, it probably was. I feel like Nathan Fielder is, like, the manifestation of what Yodorowsky thought he was doing in that moment. Mm-hmm. That yeah, is, yeah. like, real... He's
0: executing it superbly.
1: That's, like, a real-world, like... Oh my god, like where does the where is the the line? Like where are the borders of this thing that Nathan is creating? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, that's also why I think that the the inclusion of the performance art in the gallery is so funny. Cause I just I think that's <laughs> such a lower form of this thing that we're talking about.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: Weird for the sake of weird.
0: And it's kind of weird that to get at it from a very to to actually do it as well as nathan has he had to come from the complete opposite direction the complete opposite world of high art
1: yeah. which is like
0: comedy central comedy reality tv yeah which is why i think his arc is so interesting and, and has so much it has been so captivating and has so much value to me
1: yeah and it's funny it, it's it's cool too because he is and same with like uh john wilson and how-to it is funny like he is legitimately funny like some of Uh, the funniest shit you've ever seen like in the earlier yeah iterations of him rehearsal too like it's not like he had it was like a stepping stone for him it's like an integral part of who he is because he's legitimately really fucking good at it
0: yeah even this show i mean just hilarious in so many parts Yes, very funny. I love that he teamed up with Softie. Uh Admittedly, I don't know too much about what the guy has done. But he, from what I do know, he's he the... compliments Nathan very well. I mean, his whole career, uh, Benny Safty. it's like
1: it's starting to go more towards acting than directing him. Yeah. They did, um, you know, Uncut Gems. And then um, Benny Safty was in Good Time, that movie with Robert Pattinson. Have you ever seen that? No. Ooh, very good. You should watch Good Time. Good? Good Time as soon as possible.
0: What else did they, they worked on something else. Uh, One thing I wanted to bring up, a lot of people don't get it. Don't get what? Don't get what Nathan is doing. There's people that like, don't like the finale, uh, think it's pretentious. Lots of people like on the subreddit that were like, I wanted to see the conclusion to all these storylines. Who who just Uh like reject the, the art of it. And I think that's very interesting. And I, I uh, had an experience. I was out, like, hanging out with Stacy's co-workers at a restaurant. And uh, we were talking about the rehearsal. Oh. And uh, one of her co-workers just, like, did not like it. Thought it was mean. Mean-spirited. Didn't find it fun, found it offensive, frankly.
1: Yeah. I think some people would say the same thing about Nathan for you, too.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Which is true to a certain extent.
1: Both both takes are fair all things
0: considered yeah yeah but here i am i just love it i can't get enough of it
1: and i think that's like a part of what makes his whole arc interesting is that on some level he is very self-aware of the exploitative 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 uh nature of the last two shows that he made and like this show is also like a commentary on that how reality TV is exploitative mm-hmm. in general. And I don't think that if you watch everything, if you watch all of his stuff as a whole, I don't think that you walk away thinking that that Nathan perceives himself as exempt from that that he somehow like not guilty of anything it seems like a criticism on the medium in general you can certainly watch like Nathan for you and the rehearsal and still be like this is bad and immoral or you can be like this Uh is this is a critique of that right right and and both Um, are fine
0: I I had to like there was a moment in time where I started to understand this about what he does like around the rehearsal time where he's trying to He's showing us very directly that what he does is manipulative. Mm. And I mean, exactly that it's, it's a very manipulative medium. And with the curse, he's doing this again, very explicitly kind of showing you how you can construct narratives and basically say whatever you want.
1: It's, it's a dramatization of the, how the sausage is made further like punctuated by the whole like uh hidden camera sort of way that the show is blocked what i was saying earlier about the positioning of the camera is always like obscured by something it almost makes it seem like do you ever have you ever seen those like someone snuck a gopro into like this chicken farm where they're like abusing chickens and this like is gonna blow like big egg wide open uh-huh it's like that where it's like here's like a secret Here's, like, secret footage of how reality shows are made that no one wants you to see. That's how, like, the right. show The Curse is, is
0: set up. Which I'm surprised that there's not more stuff out there that kind of shows you how the sausage is made on reality TV. Because I, like, I watch reality TV and I'm just like, okay, I'm looking at what I'm looking at literally on the screen. And it just, now from what I know, I just know that there's, like, producers off to the side that are, like coaching and they're like okay today's episode is this and they're working with the people to figure out what they're gonna say what their angle is gonna be how it all comes together in editing do
1: you remember the scenes in when he was going back to the casino sort of under false pretenses trying to like weasel his way into the back rooms to get um the footage for the reporter Uh the security camera footage and he's acting in quotes to there's like a part where he's like let me show you this like viral video on your computer and it's just like the worst uh lying you've ever seen and there's that part where he's reacting to the viral video and he like jumps back in his chair and he's like has a super fake laugh it reminds me a lot of like his um nathan for you character like sort of an unbelievably like absurd dork wanted to bring that up see if you made a similar connection
0: yeah yeah like he's acting like with an aim in mind yeah with like the purpose of having something happen yeah do you remember the viral video that he showed Um, I, i found the choice of viral video to be really funny
1: i don't remember what it was
0: it's a real one right it's the it's a real one i've seen it and the thing is it's like it's not a very deep cut of what is it that type of video but it's the one where uh It's, like, these two joggers, a girl and a guy, and they're being interviewed, and it's snowing, and she's, like, oh, it's, like, wonderful, like, light and feathery on your feet, and then she trips and falls.
1: The most, like, tame viral video ever. Extremely vanilla, as far as internet content goes.
0: Like, what would you think if somebody did that to you? They're, like, oh, man, like, if somebody's saying to you, like, oh, man, you have to check out this YouTube video, that's already very Awkward.
1: It made me like think that these two guys must be really good friends because in yes. any other circumstance I would be like no uh, I don't have time for that like get out of here uh-huh. like I've uh-huh. seen the clip that you're taught e- even in the moment like right when he pulls it up he's like oh yeah I've seen this and they continue to watch it and they continue
0: to watch it he's yeah. like oh yeah it's so good man it's so good
1: it's like that video in no way warrants that kind of behavior so It makes me think that these two just must enjoy each other's company, like, period.
0: It's a very particular, like, the kind of human dynamic of feeling comfortable just, like, sharing dumb YouTube videos with each other is a very specific, it it, it connects to, like, the generation and culture that we come from kind of growing up with YouTube in middle school, high school, Mm -hmm. you you share your funny video with your friend or something.
1: It's funny. I don't know if you participate in this ecosystem that much just because you're not really on social media. Have you you don't do like the sending videos over DMs to people? No. It's like a thing that people our age do. Um, And I I do it with Aaron on Instagram. Just sending... Just sending funny memes. Like our entire like DM thing on Instagram is just memes back and forth. Like no Uh no real language exchanged. Uh Same thing with another friend of mine, Andy, and then Grace and I do it a little. And it's like a phenomenon, you know, with people of a certain age, DMing just funny videos. Uh, Yes. And uh, Grace was talking to me the other day about her grandfather, who is like I don't know if he's quite world war ii veteran age but he's very old he's like close to that very old school like military marine guy and does a lot of things very proper every year sends out like an email to his family just updating them on his life i've seen other old people do this with letters i think you know what i'm talking about and mm-hmm. pretty recently he sent her an email just to her and maybe like three other of her cousins about the same age that was just like a little comic about like some silly dynamic between boomers and and millennials and technology, just Uh like a silly kind of newspaper style comic as an attachment to an email that had like a whole paragraph like attached to it explaining the the comic. And I was like, oh, that's your grandfather's version of what we do with like the Uh DMing videos just sending each other like funny shit it's just like his is through a completely different like context and medium has to write a whole thing Uh about it and send it through email
0: this uh before our generation like i i heard of this being a phenomenon like an office culture of people emailing stuff funny stuff to each other around the office and that's how kind of the network worked that's how content like that peripherated, mm-hmm. peripherated, plur, <laughs>
1: proliferated,
0: <laughs> plur, proliferated, uh, like you can imagine, I think they probably portrayed that happening in the office at one point or another.
1: Yeah, there's, I think there's a whole episode about email forwards in yeah, in the yeah. office for sure.
0: Uh, I like, it. it's thoughtful though. It's like, oh, here's something that made me laugh. Maybe it'll make you laugh too. Yeah. It's actually kind of nice.
1: Why did we start talking about this?
0: Because Asher, uh, sure, because of the casino <laughs> That's scene. That's right.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I remember watching that scene. I I actually watched part of that scene before I watched the show. Oh, really? Yeah, I think like it started when uh, the spill happened and then Asher like throw douses himself in soda and like out of context, it's kind of silly and funny and wacky. But in context, it's like a very intense that means something completely different. And I remember looking back at that and how funny it is that how you watch that scene in context matters. The same thing with the final scene of him hanging up in the tree. Out of context, it's one thing. In context, it's a completely different thing.
1: Out of context, it seems like a Nathan-for-you sort of stunt, almost. Pranky, almost. In the show, it's so weird. Like uh, He's strictly trying to get the guy out of his office so he can be on the computer by himself. And when he's on the floor, he just... He looks like a like a psychopath like pouring that Gatorade like directly on him on his friend. Uh-huh. And the friend like right after he's like what the fuck Asher which is the right way to respond to that. It uh-huh. is like a what the fuck are you doing. And as the od- as the audience were right there with him. We're like what the <laughs>
0: What the fuck are you're you like, doing? You're like, there's no way this is going to work. Like, you're right yeah. on the razor's edge of of being uncovered and failing. Right. I, I thought Asher, like, showed a lot of tenacity in that scene. Just, like, very driven. Like, he has a mission. Yeah. He has something that he needs to make happen. And he doesn't take no for an answer. And he makes it happen.
1: He's really uh, smart. I think that the show does show him as smart. Maybe not, like, emotionally, Intelligent, uh, Maybe yeah, yeah, not yeah, emotionally yeah. Like, strategically. intelligent. Yeah, he's a smart man. Maybe he's not a very yeah. wise man. Because he's good with, like, contracts. That's something they establish early on. They're like, oh, Asher handles contracts, and he... They make it pretty clear that he drafts up himself, like, all sort of legal agreements that they enter into as a couple. Uh-huh. Which is a good skill. Impressive skill.
0: Yeah, that's... I. Yeah. Very impressive to me
1: i bet nathan fielder for real is also like that i bet he has like a knows his way around a contract pretty well yeah
0: he has to right with how many like bullshit and contracts and release forms he has to make people probably that scene, trick people into signing half the time
1: that scene where he's like has the manila envelope with that one couple who ultimately like backs out of the sale and it's just the the you remember this scene he has like the envelope and he's like trying to approach them about signing it and then like the conversation just devolves and he ends up putting the contract right back in the envelope it never gets even close to them signing it made me it made me think a lot about like nathan for you style conversations where they have to talk Mm. to real people and be like, well, we, yeah. are, we need to have you sign this thing. and we're, you're,
0: uh, Yeah, for sure intentional. It reminds me of another scene in The Curse uh, when they talk to Kara for, like, one of the first times they take her out to dinner. Yeah. Towards the beginning. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nathan comes in, like, too strong. And it's annoying Whitney because she kind of wants to handle it her way of kind of dancing around the issue and kind of, like, setting up a, a repertoire with her. Yeah. And then kind of easing into the asking about using the art in the show. But Nathan kind of leads with that because he's like, oh, we want to get to the business that we're here to do. Yeah. And I think probably like scares Kara off. And
1: I don't know if like the, if the, if him coming in too strong like scares Kara off, Kara, whatever her name is. I kind of took it to mean that they were both being weird and extreme in their own ways and that Kara just wasn't vibing with that either way if anything yeah. Nathan's approach was better because it was gonna at, it was gonna end bad <laughs> either way like regardless uh-huh. of who was leading the way and at least in Nathan's version or Asher's version like you would had made the pitch you know because they didn't even get to that by the time that the dinner was over like they didn't even have
0: time to talk about anything business related There was one remark where, like, uh, where Kara just, like, straight up says, it's like, oh, well, like, well, if you're talking about, like, using the art on the show, that's, like, a no-go for me. Right. It's, like, straight up what they're asking her to do. They're just like, oh, no, of course not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Whitney's approach ultimately worked. The kind of, like, weaseling it, like, just, like, bullshit weaseling and and being manipulative and getting her with the consulting thing yeah that's that's what it was her approach would have been to like get her to do consulting which is the easy ask and then working up to the the bigger ask once you kind of like have her in your clutches
1: yeah it that's what makes Whitney like so sinister I think is that her the way that she handled her relationship with Kara is equal parts interest in the show like, wanting to, like, have this person of notoriety, like, featured in the show, so the show has notoriety, but also it's clear that, uh, Whitney just wants to be in the circle that this person is in, she wants to be considered mm. her friend and a real yeah. quote-unquote artist, and is, like, desperately trying to, like, elbow elbow, elbow her way
0: into that. Um, in- literally, get into the circle, remember that one scene when she's, like, yeah. At an, art, at an art show, and she's, like, literally trying to, like, stand in the circle, and everybody's, like... Yeah. yeah,
1: just forcing her way in.
0: With a smile.
1: And then she ultimately... It sort of transitions to, like, her wanting to be legitimized by this person, both as an artist and a friend. It seems like they both... Like, both characters, Asher and Whitney, they desperately want to just be friends. They just, like, want friends. And then Whitney, as it relates to Kara, slowly transforms into, like, using that... Faux friendship to just like selfish for selfish
0: reasons. Yeah, she just yeah.
1: like wants the stamp of approval from Kara.
0: Right, right. Which is a real world phenomenon this kind of uh, there's a term social climber. Mm. I don't know if it it exactly 100% applies here but just the idea that you'll use your social life yeah in a very targeted way. Yeah. Like, if you're, like, yeah, you want to have friends that are famous and influential and rich and that help you. Yeah. Or make you look good. Weaponized social
1: life. Which, uh-huh. you know, I, there's an argument to be made that if, uh, if that's your thing, sure, man, like, go for it. Like, make the proper relationships to advance in your career. Mm. But I I think the problem comes in when you start to, like, uh, confuse that with any sort of real, genuine social life that you may or may not have. Uh Because in Whitney's case, like, she has no
0: friends. Everyone thinks she's, like... Yeah, I was just going to say that. she They they really don't have any...
1: Yeah, no real friends. They don't have,
0: like, real meaningful connections at all. They
1: think they do, and they're, they're trying to, like, kind of fake their way through having them. Like, Dougie is... Asher's best friend, and he's straight up like a manipulative bully to him. Uh, and then Whitney's best quote unquote friend is uh, Kara, who thinks that Kara is like a dumb, like white elitist rich girl. Hmm?
0: Yeah, Kara, when told that like Whitney says that they're friends, responds with saying, uh, She said that? Yeah. She said we're friends? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like,
2: yeah.
0: do you remember that part with the the guy that
1: the native guy that Kara is seeing and he like makes fun of whitney like to her face at,
0: they're like at a restaurant or something i love that guy yeah he's awesome i don't think he was making fun of her i think he just is like a funny guy who like likes doing bits and he took the opportunity i to, think it's like... both
1: i think i think he's making fun of her and he's just he's his character supposed to be funny yeah yeah because I, I mean he that. shows up he shows up later at like the I don't know where they are. They're like at some art yeah, show. She got
0: invited to something. Yeah, yeah. And
1: then he like does Still the in same. Character. He does the same bit, but this time he has like a costume and stuff. He like leans into the character. He has that smirk yeah. at the end when she walks away. And the whole time she's <laughs> yeah. like, "Yes, that was beautiful. Thank you."
0: The, uh, I love that. I love that character. It connects with something else I wanted to bring up, which is that towards the end of the show they started showing the surrounding characters and residents of that area in a much more realistic light. Like some examples of that is that scene. There's the scene of uh, like the kids going to steal the jeans and like one of them's like hitting on the person that works there. Yeah.
1: Ah, Yeah. That is such a, that's so interesting. That's that they spend a lot of time with that. They feel real. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that scene. What else? That kid. He's like, oh, I, I fuck with, I fuck with thick girls. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mess or I mess, I mess with thick girls.
1: That's right. They do talk like dumb
0: teenagers,
1: like real dumb teenagers. Right, right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe a few more, but I just remember like thinking th- those thing- those scenes really stood out to me because I'm like, oh, they're actually like betraying the town of Española as like a real place with real people
1: do you know did the production like take place in espanola
0: i built yes yes
1: it did it did for real so these are this is uh-huh. like real there was a guy on reddit footage. who
0: said uh, yeah yeah yeah
1: what did the guy on reddit say
0: oh uh, yeah there's just this guy who's from there and he did like a post ask me anything
1: what about the mirror homes is that like are those real buildings oh that's
0: that's a good question actually i'm not sure because
1: if there's more than one of them that would like signify some kind of person like behind it all right maybe not of the significance that's portrayed in the show but like if there's more than one mirror house that means like someone in espanol is like doing that doing what whitney's character is doing
0: or uh, yeah i don't know or they built them for the show or they built them for the show yeah
1: remember that scene where um asher's talking to the couple it's the one i was talking about him trying to get them to sign a contract earlier and they're in the car and he's outside and they say to him like your wife is a lot and he's like don't worry like I'll talk to her <laughs> and then he takes a beat and then he's like you need to watch your fucking mouth when you're talking about my wife you fucking bitch like he totally just yeah, 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 snaps yeah, yeah, yeah. into like a different character
0: just like the scene where he like he owns up he's like it was me I'm the mole and mm-hmm. actually I'm what I'm doing is good and righteous and you should be ashamed of yourself like uh, he's like trying to be the person that whitney wants him to be right
1: in real time you see him like make these social decisions in real time
0: right right yeah i would take a bullet for you that's like him saying like see whitney i can be that guy right right
1: it's like the the dumbest line that he says like i'm not going to say it warrants the bullying that she does to him right after that but i mean Definitely not, not a behavior I would reward saying something like that. I was, I was ready to take a bullet for you. Okay, dude. The guns thing, we, we didn't talk about it too much, but like the, the scene that prompted that, like the, that one guy showing up with all of his friends with guns is like in a 2024 world, sort of very scary to me. Seems like something that could really happen yeah. where it's just like a bunch of local dudes like cosplay vigilante and, like, show up at someone's house with guns and start something that doesn't need to be elevated to that level at all.
0: Uh-huh. But also there are some places where that's just kind of, like, how you do things. Yeah, I mean, I... <sighs> Cowboy justice?
1: It seems... Yeah, yes, there are places like that. But it that seemed like a place where, I don't know, maybe I'm projecting... It seemed like a place where that was not welcome. Cowboy justice.
0: At least in... I Because in... it is a very small town. If it would exist anywhere, it would exist in yeah. areas like that. Yeah. I suppose so. Where, like, legitimate authority is less of a presence.
1: Yeah. Remember, like, at the end when he, like, uh, Asher stands up to him? They both, like, stand up in the living room and they kind of get in each other's faces. Mm-hmm. And the guy, the Latino guy, is, like... Can I use your bathroom? Oh, yeah, (laughs) dude. That was so scary. No. uh, Yeah, yeah. And Asher's like, no, get out of my house. Yeah, what was up with that? It seemed just like um, an intimidation thing to me. Like, the guy was just trying to, like, get in Asher's head a little bit. And it seemed very real. Like, I I would believe that that is how something like that would go down.
0: Yeah. For sure.
1: I've seen enough, like, world star hip hop to feel like I understand what would happen in that situation
0: what do you think would happen he would just like trash the place or something once he got further into the house
1: I don't know maybe not like trash it or anything but just asserting his dominance over Asher just right, be like this, right. I'm calling the shots here not you it wouldn't have gotten right if Asher had like continued to like provoke him it could have easily gotten violent but mm-hmm. had he simply like backed off at that point yeah that's all it would have been.
0: I think he like he must have still been working the security guard position before then. Do you think? What do you mean? Like he was their security guard? And I think like he was probably like I don't I don't think he I think that was him quitting but I feel like he was still the security guard before then. I feel like that makes sense why it would be such an issue with him because they, they have the situation going on that's promoting crime and it's his job to deal with that crime. Right. So I can see why he, he feels like he's being fucked over. He says something straight
1: up where he's like, you guys are trying to make me look bad I'm in that altercation for what you just said. right? Whether or not it's deliberate is moot. It's just like what they're doing is objectively making him him look bad and
0: then they're right they're also and there's like another
1: they're also like telling him to be security but like don't show up with his not do it gun
0: don't stop people right. when they're committing crime. Right, right 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 so he's like what do you want me to do like you're putting me in an impossible situation while like kind of fucking up my neighborhood
1: and he's also like he's like a criminal who seems to be like a little hardened by his past and so he wouldn't like, he'd be like, I don't know how to deal with this thing in any other way. Like a fight fire with fire
0: kind of guy. Right, right. I If I could just like speculate a little bit, you know, let's say he's ex-gang and he's been trying to go clean, go straight. And now he's working this job that's like bringing unwanted criminal attention and he's directly involved with it. You can imagine how that would be very unideal for him. Yes. Like, he may be coming up against criminal elements, maybe even people that he knows, like, gang members that he knows, and now he's, like, now he's against them, now he's supposed to stop them, and this is a world that he's trying to leave. Yeah. When he first took that job, the security guard job, that was quite a con- phone conversation, right? He's just like, okay. Yeah. I should probably come, like, he sets the parameters of the job right I should away. come like between 3 a.m. and Whitney. 7
1: a.m something like that's when all the
0: weirdos come out he brings the gun he brings the chair
1: he knows what's up he like um because he i think they make it seem like he had done security before interesting guy
0: that can't be legal you can't just like hire security like that right it's got to be on the up and up
1: i don't know i mean
0: fucking put on a uniform or something
1: yeah i don't know i mean as to what we were just talking about earlier if it was gonna happen anywhere I mean a rural community in New Mexico Seems like a place where that You could do that
0: That scene really highlighted The disconnect between Whitney's And like the real world Of Española Yeah. Where like All of a sudden she finds herself in a situation Where she's like making moves And hiring people like Tony Soprano <laughs> Yeah And she desperately doesn't want it to be that But that's what it is
1: Yeah is sort of confronted with the real world, but unable to deal with it in a meaningful way. The show puts you in this like weird position because you are like on the side of uh, Whitney and you want like everything to be handled as fairly and as ethically and as liberally minded as possible, but just the uh, circumstance of the community that she's in will not permit that or will take advantage of mm-hmm. that and so she and us are confronted with this impossible situation where it's like we want to do right by the people who live here but also there's nothing in our playbook that says like how to actually deal with this the right way mm-hmm. so earlier when you're talking about good guys and bad guys there's n- not a lot of room for that that kind of like binary thinking in the whole show Yeah,
0: complex it's a good show look how generative it is and we haven't even exhausted i feel like the things we could talk about and you even said that you thought the first nine episodes were sort
1: of maybe not a waste of time but i think you're more ready to dismiss them as anything after seeing the last episode but i think that they all right they, i think right. the whole show is like as a holistic piece of media i like it i don't think that i yeah, can yeah even if the, the whole show was supernatural or if the last episode was not in any scenario, I still like it.
0: Yeah. Um, and as we've been talking about it and I've been kind of jumping around on my computer here, I, I can see that there's like, yeah, there was a lot of great moments and definitely not a waste the first nine episodes
1: I think that your spoiler text uh, helped me uh, sort of get over that hump of this just being like another TV show. I like, I tuned in like a little more closely after that text. I was like, okay, there's something more to this and I can therefore be more patient with whatever I I think Uh at first might be a little boring.
0: I think what you just said there, just another TV show is kind of key. I I was reading an interview that, like, Benny Safdie did, and he was kind of just expressing this idea that... And it's it's a thought that I've had before about how all these shows are coming out, and they're all, like, good. There's so much, quote-unquote, good TV out right now, but it's just the volume of it, and it all kind of starts to feel monotonous. And, like, in in the fact that all the media now is been kind of perfected in in the artistry of it it feels like we've kind of hit a slump in creativity right yes like I don't I don't want to watch succession and I've seen a, a couple of episodes of it and I have to admit that it's like a well acted directed show that is I'm, fun to watch I'm totally I, with you I don't want that experience anymore
1: I I see succession from a distance and I think can understand the same things that you do and can simultaneously yeah. be like i don't i don't care i've seen it before or some
0: exactly. permutation exactly. of
1: that before
0: and I, and so i was reading this thing and i and benny safty was kind of expressing the same idea and this was like something he did pre the the finale and so it just makes sense to me that they, they're also hyper aware of this and we're trying to find some way of breaking that breaking out of that in a lot of ways i think that's what they were trying to do here with the finale that's episodes cool. 1 through 9 At it's worst my, uh, Episodes 1 through 9 are Expected high prestige TV experience that we've Come to know
1: You're uh, reminding me of a scene Towards the end It's related it, it has like things that happen in the beginning and the end But when Dougie shows Whitney Kind of the most recent cut I think it might be Towards the end and her reaction after seeing like however many minutes of uh, the show is just like that's it yeah, yeah. that's all we made like it just feels so lifeless like there's nothing yeah. there's nothing to this um, yeah and then earlier in the show Dougie's also like pushing for more kind of what is sensational tv trying to do stuff that's unexpected or weird or more like gotcha reality tv but uh-huh. whether that's related or not i'm sure it is but the more focused point is what whitney says where it's just like this thing that we made is and lifeless and nothing yeah new and then that's what that's the fulcrum of them changing everything about the show
0: yes yes uh i love that scene that was so good and dougie had like uh, i don't know if he literally had a smirk on his face but he might as well have had like a fucking look on his face that said like Here's what you asked for. Mm-hmm. I made it. Look at it. Look how much it sucks. This is what you wanted. You know that too because you he that?
1: had like the alternative ready to go right after that. Like right, he right, had right, the right, other right. cut. Be like, here's what you actually want. I already made it.
0: Yeah. I love that moment. That's when like the Dougie Whitney alliance kind of formed.
1: Yeah. They start to conspire against Asher. This show gets a fucking 10 out of 10. Dyson vacuums 10 out of 10 or chicken penne's,
0: chicken on the sink 10 out of 10 what could be a good one 10 out of 10 uh racist Native American statues <laughs>
1: yeah 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 that's great
0: <laughs> the scene when he shows up to her house with it and it like totally like the joke doesn't land. <laughs> totally backfires. Sarah thi- opens the door and is like, am I being hate-crimed right now? Yeah, exactly. And then Whitney jumps out and she's still like, am I being hate-crimed right now? Yeah, she yeah, She still yeah. didn't get it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Thanks for listening. Filmhole is produced by just us, myself and Raul. Our music is by W, that's underscore, the word double and two U's. Get Filmhole wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like it, rate it. If you hate it, maybe don't. Thanks again. See you next time.